we want them to come back. They need to go out into the great big wide world. They need to get all sorts of experience and skills. And then we want to give them a reason to come and bring that home to us because that's what's going to, to create a sustainable community and allow us to grow and prosper. This is Voices, Stories of Change, a series of podcasts and interviews from Engage Nova Scotia. I'm Jeff Overmars. Adele McDonald is the Executive Director of Aero, Annapolis Investments in Rural Opportunity. Aero is a private investment company founded and funded by Jane Nicholson. Aero is committed to fostering economic growth and entrepreneurship in the town of Annapolis Royal and surrounding communities. Today, March 28th, Arrow will release a report entitled Local Logic, How to Get There from Here. This report ties together surveys and interview results gathered by Arrow in the summer of 2016. In this second part of a three-part series taken from an interview with Adele, she walks us through this report, the challenges and opportunities identified by residents who were interviewed, and recommendations on what they think needs to be done to create a sustainable future for their region. My name is Adele McDonald, and I'm the Executive Director of Aero, which is Annapolis Investments in Rural Opportunity. Aero is a private economic development company, and we have a very finite lifespan of about three to four years left remaining on our mandate. And the plan essentially is to kind of skid into home base, having invested all of our, our resources into the community. But we wanted to know how best to do that. And so what we did last summer was we conducted a series of interviews with um, a number of people in the community and the age ranges were from 14 to 80. <laughs> and so we had students, business people, homemakers, self-employed people, remote tech workers. Um, we also added a whole level of politicians in. So we had all of the the, the kind of usual suspects in terms of pol politics. We had the town, municipal, county, provincial, federal. We talked to everybody. But the most important part was that we talked to the residents of not only the town, but the surrounding communities. We asked them about their joys, their frustrations, their dreams, their hopes, what they want to see for this place in the future, what they think is missing, uh, just everything. And what we did was take all of those interviews, hundreds of hours of interviews, and distilled them into a report that we call Local Logic, How to Get There from Here. And it's, uh, it's the survey results and recommendations on the economic future of Annapolis Royal Nova Scotia and its surrounding communities. So the report essentially, you know, it, it really just starts off with our mission and our vision. This is what Arrow is wanting to do. This is how we want to do it. We believe in the potential of our region. We're dedicated to stim stimulating entrepreneurial activity. And we just want to make this the place of choice to live, work, play, that we have so much to offer here. We may be a rural community, but we have a lifestyle option that's second to none. And of course, real estate prices that are out of this world. But the report itself, we look at how we see ourselves today. So what our joys are, the frustrations, the retirement community, is that true or false? I'll give you a spoiler on the report. It's a big giant false. Nobody could have been more surprised than us to discover that in a town that is often thought of as a retirement community, only 35% of the population was 65 or older. 
we were just gobsmacked at learning that. Um, we look at the paradox of labor, so the no workers versus no jobs. We have businesses who are strapped for people, and yet we have people who are saying there's no jobs that are suitable. So we look at that, we look at competency, motivation, population, and the social safety net. And again, this is not our perspective on this. We're getting this information from our interviews. So we're basically consolidating what people are telling us, what their perceptions are about these problems in the community. Um, we also look at the youth, which we look at as an untapped resource, their love for, the sm for a small town, um, our Annapolis West Education Center, um, the fact that the youth don't necessarily feel like there's a space for them in the town that's all their own. And then we wanted to look at what brings them home. So we don't necessarily want to keep them here. We want them to come back. They need to go out into the great big wide world. They need to get all sorts of experience and skills. And then we want to give them a reason to come and bring that home to us because that's what's going to, to create a sustainable community and allow us to grow and prosper. Um, and that, in fact, is, is another part of the report. We look at a collective vision for sustainable growth. So what are the, the trends that might make a difference? We look at our low cost of real estate, which again, the entire province of Nova Scotia really is, we're the last affordable waterfront in all of Canada. Um, and, and even looking at our maritime, other provinces in the maritimes, we're still more affordable than they are. So we are kind of that last bastion where you, can, you could take you know, the condo that you sold in Vancouver and turn it into a waterfront estate in Nova Scotia and still have money left over for renovations or, or fix-ups. <laughs> um, we also look at, at what we call the rise of the remote worker. And so anywhere in rural Nova Scotia that has access to high-speed internet is perfectly suited to attracting remote tech workers. And I use the word tech in a very broad sense because that's software engineers, that's computer programmers, that's gaming developers, that's marketing professionals, that's social media community managers, that's bank customer service, that's uh, cable company customer service. Literally, it's anybody that could be doing their job remotely. Um, we also look at attracting new people. So who are they? Who are those people that we want to come here what uh, service gaps are needed to be filled? What would the impact of young families be on our area? Um, and then looking at finding that sweet spot. So the tipping point of how do you get the word out there and talk to people? And then that builds upon itself. Because that group of people, that remote worker, and particularly the technically savvy group of people, they're not in your, your usual marketing space. They're on Reddit. They're on the digital nomad board on Reddit. They're, they're looking, you know, they're, they're on the, the forums for WeWork. They're on Twitter talking about, you know, where they're going to live and what they're going to do next. They're following the remote working hashtag. They're following the digital nomad hashtag. So we have to get to those people where they are. Um, we also look at the business opportunities. <laughs> so, you know, what are people thinking? What do they think is missing? Or what do they think we don't have? Or what do they think that we, 
we have that we don't need or, you know, and we had some unusual things. We had, you know, some people call it good old fashioned bowling alley. We need a bowling alley. <laughs> and then we had others who were like, oh, you know, it'd be really nice to have maybe like a wine and cigar bar. <laughs> you know, so it's that range of, of requests of things. Now, some of those things are practical and some aren't. But the idea was to get people kind of blue skying and look at what are the possibilities here. Um, and we also looked at what is happening right now in the community. So what are people doing now? Um, there's kind of, you know, we identify that there's nine major initiatives that are kind of in the works in the community. And those range from things that, that our municipal government is doing to things that private enterprise are doing to, to just things that are happening um, you know, citizens have done. We have a chapter of awesome, the Awesome Foundation in Annapolis Royal, and we we just punch so far above our weight. A town of 491 people has a chapter of the Awesome Foundation, and we give away a thousand dollars every month. That's that's extraordinary for such a small area. Um, so there's things like that that we look at in those those initiatives. Uh, we also look at making kind of three very broad recommendations for the future. Again, because Arrow does have a finite lifespan, these aren't necessarily things that Arrow is going to do, but we would like to facilitate or help people tackle these things and move forward. Um, we need to promote our internet access. Within the town limits of Annapolis Royal, we can get 400 megabytes per second download speed. Less than five minutes outside the town of Annapolis Royal, you can't barely get dial-up. So that's a reality, which means we need to, to identify where things are possible and what's possible and make sure people know and understand that. So if you want to move to this area, you have to pick and choose where you're going to be based upon that. Now, the county of Annapolis uh, has entered into a project just at the end of 2016 literally announced it the day before the CRTC announced their basic requirements for internet service. Um, they, the, the county of Annapolis has partnered with Mainland Telecom to create an open source fiber optic backbone for the entire county of Annapolis. It's already underway. Uh, they're literally going to be, be bringing fiber to the building kind of thing. Like they're, that, they're not looking necessarily at just last mile solutions. They're going. You're going to get a strand to your home. You're going to get a strand to your business. It's 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 future proofing the region essentially because right now you know the Fundy Shore, for example, there's incredibly beautiful homes for sale on the Fundy Shore. They're in a price range that is going to attract a higher profile professional person, but they can't get internet there at the moment. Those that's a hard sell to somebody who wants to live on the shore who needs to work from home on a fairly regular basis if they have to come drive into town in order to you know, upload a file or send an email or have a, you know, a video conference. Not practical. So that solution, the county has said they, they literally want that, um, a big portion of that project complete by 2017. So we're talking about things happening fast here, faster than maybe anywhere else in Nova Scotia. And so we want to ride that wave. Um, that leads us to our next recommendation, which is targeted marketing campaigns. 
um, what we mean by targeted is very specific to the audience that we want to attract here. So targeted by demographic, targeted by profession, targeted by, by uh, locale even in the sense that we know that um, there's, there's literally are not enough people in Nova Scotia to shift our population needle. We are not all having great big families anymore. We're not having five, ten kids. We cannot increase our population on our own. It has to come through immigration. And whether and I use I use immigration to cover anybody that's moving into Nova Scotia, no matter where they're coming from. <laughs> so they could be coming from Toronto. They could be coming from outside of the country. They could be coming from the U.S., the U.K., um, Ukraine, Poland, Czech Republic, literally anywhere. Um, and, but we need to target those people very specifically. Uh, right now, as I talk to you, uh, Arrow has decided to take the first step in that. And last week, we launched our own targeted micro-marketing campaign on Twitter and Facebook. And we are targeting the digital nomad hashtag and the remote working hashtag on Twitter. And on Facebook, we have a very targeted market audience, uh, which basically includes... Um, you know, university educated, computer programming or computer sciences or information technology focused people. Uh, and then we're targeting by, by regions. So we're looking at all of the tech hubs in Canada, the tech hubs in the United States, the tech hubs in the UK, um, the tech hubs in the Ukraine, in Poland, in France, in, you know, basically where we know that those remote workers tend to move from, and those people tend to be agile. They also tend to be the people who are probably most up in the air at the moment because of the, the situation in, in, in the world in general, in world politics. Canada can be a very welcoming place for those people, and Nova Scotia desperately needs them. We literally cannot shift the needle in our population without them. So we've, we've targeted them, and the focus um, of the, the campaign is essentially um, live where it's peaceful. We have almost any amenity you could imagine in the town of Annapolis Royal that you would, you would want. It's an incredible mix of kind of an urban and rural amenities that, that all come together in the arts and entertainment and food and, and, you know, but yet we have agriculture and markets and farmers markets and all of this kind of stuff happening. So we focused on that and we're not, we're not selling, we're not marketing to people's fear. We're marketing to our strengths, which is that we have, we have a really decent quality of life here. We have a lifestyle that's second to none. We have affordable real estate. We have inter high speed internet access that's only getting better. It's good now, but it's only getting better. And and you know, come aboard. We 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 need we need you here. And that particular group of people, the average salary for a remote worker is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's a, an astronomical salary for rural Nova Scotia. That is a game changer. You only need you know, a handful of families who have that kind of earning potential to be living in your community, to suddenly change uh, how well the grocery store is doing, how well the hardware store is doing, how well, you know, anything is doing essentially because they have the income and the disposable income to basically feed back into the community. And because they're remote workers, they actually tend to have less of a draw 
on the other resources. They're not taking up commercial space. They're not taking up, um, they're not building new commercial spaces for a town of Annapolis Royal as a finite landmass. So we're, we're encouraging the town to, to identify more commercial space or commercial building lots, but even that is limited. We are surrounded by water. So, you know, we have this challenge. Um, the other uh, recommendation for the future that we looked at is bringing our youth back. And I mentioned that earlier about not wanting to keep people here because that can isolate them. Although that said, you know, if you're a young person in high school and you've got a passion to be an entrepreneur and you know that that's what you want to do, um, you don't necessarily need to go off to university to do that. You don't necessarily need to go off to college to do that. If you know what you want to do and how you want to do it, you can stay here and do that. We can help you identify the training that you need to take online. We can find you mentors in the community to help you grow and expand. But we want to look at other creative ways of bringing youth back. Um, Many people have heard of the 13 Ways to Kill a Community, and Doug Griffiths talks uh, a lot about all of the different things you can do to just mind-bogglingly destroy your community. Um, when you see him speak live, he uses a couple of stories that, that doesn't aren't necessarily in the book but are just so poignant um, about communities that, that thought extraordinarily creatively about how to keep youth coming back to their communities, and one of which was something that's, it's not even that complicated, but the, the, the town, uh, in his example, they purchased a, a duplex, a half a duplex. And then they, their administration every year would interview their graduating high school, their high school graduating class and say, okay, where are you going? What are you doing? You're going to university. You're going to become a chiropractor. You're going into accounting. You're going into this. You're going into that. And they compared that with their own asset map, which was a, an asset map of service gaps. <laughs> so they knew that they had all of these assets, but, and I'm just going to use the example of a chiropractor for argument's sake, but they, they looked at their list and said, we don't have a chiropractor. And they realized that they had interviewed little Janie Doe four years ago, who said she was going off to become a chiropractor and that this year was going to be the year she graduated. So they contact little Janie Doe and say to her, listen, would you like to come back to your hometown? We'll give you a duplex rent-free if you agree to practice as a chiropractor in our town for a year. Well, little Janie basically says, absolutely, rent-free for a year, fabulous. I'll come home and work there for a year. But what happens is she brings the person she fell in love with at school because, hey, that's what happens when you go off to university and college. So she brings an extra person back with her. The year that she spends practicing in the community, she establishes clients and connections. They start to build a life there. They stay. And it's not necessarily that, that there's anything complicated about that, but it's just the idea that you create space you alleviate somebody's pain point, rent for a year, <laughs> to allow them to grow their brand new business, not a very experienced chiropractor, but she's working on it, and then they can actually set down roots because she's brought her partner back with her and they decide that, hey, now's the time to get married, we're all established, we were able to save up our money for that year, we've got a down payment on the house or a down payment on a business location. It, it changes 
it changes the trajectory of people when they actually have a solution to their problem. Otherwise, she probably would have stayed in the city where she'd gone to school because that's what typically happens is people will leave a rural area, they'll go into the city wherever they went to school at, they may do their practicum in that same community after they're done, and by the time they're finished their practicum, when they're looking for a job, they're looking for a job in the area that they were educated in. And I don't mean the field, I mean literally the geographical community that they were educated in. So that's one of our recommendations, is how do you think creatively? And the you know, the duplex example is just one. There's many other ways to do it. It is getting into to schools and saying, you know, to grade 11 and 12 students, you want to be a plumber? Did you know you can make $60 an hour being a plumber? Did you want to meet a plumber? We can introduce you to a plumber. And, and literally getting people to talk about the things that are, that are keeping them here. And, you know, the, it, this actually goes back to this paradox of labor because in rural Nova Scotia, while it may not, you may not see jobs advertised, you know, dozens and dozens of them listed waiting to be filled, the reality is we have a need for skilled tradespeople. We have electricians and plumbers that are overworked. We have painters that take, you have to book them a year in advance because there's not enough painters available to paint all of the buildings that need to be painted. And there's, there's a disconnect. Somewhere in our society's last 50 years, we've decided that those jobs are not a priority. We've decided that the work that needs to be done to keep civil society functioning is not as important as sending everybody off to get their, their BA at university. And then what do they do with it after they're done? Once they've gone off to university and they're heavily in debt because they've gone off to using their student loans, they're not looking at those kinds of jobs to come back to. They're not looking at setting up their own businesses to create those things. They want to go work for somebody else with a steady paycheck that can pay their student loan off. We think that there is another way. We're not dissing education. That's an absolute critical part of, of people's way forward. But we want to make sure that for those, those people that that isn't their priority or that isn't what they are most suited to, that they have options. And those options should be allowed, able to keep them you know, in their community. They shouldn't have to move halfway across the country just to survive. We think they can do it here. And then again, there's thinking creatively outside the box in other ways. Agriculture. We have an extraordinary, you know, rich, rich province in that respect. But yet if you talk to some of the, the growers and the farmers and the orchard owners, and they'll tell you that, you know, where there, where there used to be 20 farms, there's now five because people don't want to do that work. They don't want to take those jobs or they don't have that skill set because they're not learning it from the ground up. So how do we get those people together? How do we get? How do we make it so that farming becomes a lucrative thing for them to do? Well, just growing your apples and selling them to the same buyer may not be the way to do it. It's creating a unique end product. So what unusual thing can you do with what we can grow here? You know, um, the county of Annapolis recently did a trade mission to China, and I, you know, heard one of the things that they were told by the the Chinese was. Um, 
in Nova Scotia is amazingly well suited to growing ginseng and they would buy every last little bit of it if we grew it. it. Takes about six years to establish a ginseng farm, so it's a lot of commitment, but if you know that you have a built-in market, <laughs> it's, it's looking at things in a different way. It's not assuming that just because it doesn't already exist, we can't do it. So that's, that's really what we're, we're encouraging with our report, local logic, how to get there from here. Um, it's, I can't stress enough, it's not our voice necessarily, it's the voices of the people in our community. And it's not just people who live in the town of Annapolis Royal, it's people who live in the surrounding communities because none of our communities operate in isolation, even though sometimes it may seem that way. We are all so interconnected that it, if it's working good for us in Annapolis Royal, that means it's going to be good for Bridgetown. That means it's going to be beneficial for Digby. That means it's going to do well for other small communities in our area. That was Adele McDonald, Executive Director of Annapolis Investments in Rural Opportunity. To learn more about Arrow and read the Local Logic Report, visit them online at ruralopportunity.com. This has been Voices, Stories of Change, a series of podcasts and interviews from Engage Nova Scotia. Find us online at engagenovascotia.ca. Follow us on Twitter at EngageNS. And connect with us on Facebook to hear more stories of change from regions throughout the province. If you have a story that you'd like to share, please email me at jeff at engagenovascotia.ca. Songs in this episode are by Rich O'Coin. You can buy his music on iTunes. <laughs>